Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. Uh, before we get into today's passage, guys, I thought we would do a little would you rather question, okay? All right. All right. Would you rather be forced to sing along or dance to every single song you hear? Oh, gosh. Whoa. That would, right? It's, it's, a, it's a lifetime of embarrassment. Like, unless, that's, that's, what, that's the assignment. Unless you're a good dancer. Or, or a good or singer. singer. Well, I, I think if I was cursed with one of those, I might, I might like, go get lessons. You know what I mean? Like I, so that, at the very least, I might be a disruptive person. Because you can go someplace in public. Like if there's if there's music playing in a store, you you have to sing your way through the store. Oh, think about like you're sitting in a restaurant and you have a conversation and you're just singing the entire time because you have to sing the entire or time. Or dancing, talk. you know. Well, you, you, you like that. That's, that's brutal. I I would I would go learn how to sing. I would I would. Uh, oh, but how obnoxious! You can have a conversation with music in the background. It's true. I, guess it's, I, guess I haven't it's, said anything yet. Clayton is totally, still, totally it's, conflicted it's, it's, on the this inside. Is, of this is a nightmare answer. for me. Dude, it's just a would you rather question. Uh, I'd rather dance because I think I would get really, really good at dancing and that'd be awesome. I would pick dance as well. So Clayton's did, the only... Did Clayton I, ever pick? Uh, I think I'm, he did. I'm torn. I think I'm torn. He, you didn't pick yet? Uh, well, folks, that's all the time we have for this <laughs> podcast episode because Clayton, Clayton is stuck. I'd sing. You'd uh, sing? Oh, I, it, it, the, the the thing that's hanging me up is I couldn't go to a restaurant with music in the background and have a conversation with a person. So I'd probably, but then I couldn't dance my way through the restaurant either. So I guess it's just not no more eating out. Well, what if you're sitting down and you're just like they can't see me right now on the podcast? But I mean, you're bopping but your I'm head. Bopping is bopping my head. your head count as dancing? Uh, all right. I'll go with dancing. All right, good. We brought him along. <laughs> and let's, let's come back to this at the end of the episode. He'll have a different we'll answer. We'll ask you if your answer's still the same. All right, Ferris, kick us off. Oh, kick us off. We're done. That's it. Just one. <laughs> I guess we can't do another would you rather question because that would take up all the podcast time. All right, everybody. We are in Matthew chapter 7 this week for the Bible Savvy podcast. So let me set us up with a little bit of context. Today, not so much uh, historical context or background information about culture, uh, but literary context. So we are uh, looking at Matthew 7 which is kind of the tail end of what is often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. So here is a question for you, Nikki and Clayton. The last time in the Bible that we got really significant teaching coming down a mountain from God was... With Moses. There you go. So Matthew is doing something in his gospel here, uh, framing Jesus in some ways as the new Moses or... Uh, you could think of it this way. If if the Ten Commandments and the law came down the mountain uh, from God, Jesus is giving us some new law. He's giving us some ways to live. So we have got the teaching of God coming down the mountain through Jesus. And what we're looking at here in Matthew 7 is Jesus kind of wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount and laying out some choices for his listeners. So Clayton is going to read Matthew 7, verses 13 through 29. All right. And as I do that, I'm also going to include the headings here, because sometimes the headings uh, help us make sense out of things. So they, weren't, they aren't part of uh, the actual words of the Bible, but they're thrown in there and they're very helpful. So uh, I'll read them. First heading is the narrow and wide gates. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. 
But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The next heading says, True and False Prophets. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. The next heading says, True and False Disciples. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. The final heading says, The Wise and Foolish Builders. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash." When Jesus had finished saying these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. All right, so we move on to the O in the comma method, which is observation. What do you guys see in this text? I see uh, a bunch of either or options, you know, it's like these contrasts, you know, wide, narrow, true and false prophets, wise and foolish builders, good and bad trees. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of saw like the grown-up version of the three little pigs in here with the <laughs> wise and foolish builders. Um, no, but in all, I mean, if you had to explain, if you had to explain that passage to a kid, I think that would probably be a good a good way to do it. Uh, it's just that idea of of you know what, just making sure you're building on what is foundational. That's Jesus. You know, what I mean, you things are going to happen, issues are going to come up in life, and if you're not prepared things are going to fall with a crash. You know, it's like the the wolf blowing up against the the house, right? (laughs) This is true. She speaks truth. It's like a parable. What else do you guys see? Um, I see, I see some things that, uh, kind of raise questions for me, you know, things that, that, that are challenging. So, um, I think about this passage that says, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, you know, I, we're, we're, we're church people, and so we're, we're saying Lord, Lord a lot, and the people around us are, you know, claiming to, to follow Jesus, and there's, um, there's kind of a troubling warning there that not everybody who says those things uh, really, um, really, really is in. Yeah, it seems like the difference there is that, like, Jesus says, I never knew you. Yeah. You know, like, there's that, that relational aspect of actually knowing who Jesus is and following his ways. Yeah, and well, and it says the the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So there's a certain like, you, you got to really respond. You know, you got it's got to be real. But it's interesting that he says like, well, you could do miracles and prophesy and drive out demons, and that isn't that isn't what he's talking about. Like he's he's saying like all of those impressive things aren't the evidence. It's not the fruit he's describing. It's whether or not you actually you know at the end of all of this teaching, like do you actually do what he says? Yeah, there are a lot of people 
that self-identify as Christians or even just religious or spiritual and do a lot of things that look religious and spiritual and Christian. But yeah, that's a tough passage because Jesus is saying those things aren't necessarily uh, what indicates whether or not you have eternal life in Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's a, that, is a, that is a tough passage to swallow. What else do you guys see? I think that concept about uh, bad trees bearing bad fruit, like, is that is that actually a thing? Like, are there trees that bear fruit that you can't eat? Like, I'm just I'm, like literally asking <laughs> like, the question. Well, like, a, like a botanist we need or some uh, right. <laughs> farmer? Yeah, so I had an apple tree in my front yard, and I don't know what kind of apple tree it was, but some seasons the apples were edible, and some seasons they were disgusting. Oh. And so I don't know if that's because the tree was sick, or I, I, don't, I don't know what it was, but... You know, when, when you read these kinds of th- uh, texts, uh, the good trees, bad trees, narrow and wide gates, true and false disciples, right? I, I think sometimes what is helpful to remember when you're reading the Bible and you come across something that's tricky is, you know, a lot of times you, you see a verse, right? And you're trying to figure it out. And so what you do is you start leaning in closer and closer to it. You like, like staring at that verse, like, I want to think really hard about it, right? So you start squinting your eyes and you start gritting your teeth. And you think, if I just really, really zoom in on that verse and think really hard, I'll be able to figure it out. That is normally the wrong impulse. The right impulse, if you really want to understand a verse, is not to zoom in. It's to zoom out and appreciate the context of what is going on. So take a look at the wider, bigger picture. And so let's do that again. Jesus has just got done giving all of this teaching about life and how to live our lives the best and life under God. And then he gives us the narrow and wide gates, the true and false prophets, the true and false disciples, the wise and foolish builders. And in verse 24... Uh, there is a word, and you'll hear pastors say this a lot. If you ever see the word therefore, ask yourself what it's there for. This is Jesus wrapping it up. Essentially, Jesus saying, I know some of you are going to listen to me, and some of you are going to ignore me. But everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, and then he goes on to say, it's like a man building his house on the rock. Uh, And he says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man. So you have the the wise man and the foolish man. Uh, it's kind of like Proverbs, where you get this uh, this glimpse into godly, prosperous living. And generally speaking, in Proverbs, you have the wise and the foolish. The wise man acknowledges the existence of God, and that God is the creator of all things, and the foolish man either ignores or denies the existence of God. Um, and so Jesus is kind of, in, in a way, concluding his sermon on the mount uh, by saying, you have a choice. You can put, you can take my teaching and put it into practice or not. So, so back to bad tree, good tree, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, you know, we kind of zoom in and, and think thoughts like, could a could a sick tree or a bad tree ever produce good fruit? Sure, sure. Every once in a while, you know, there might be good fruit that comes off that tree. Generally speaking, it'd be uh, a good healthy tree produces good healthy fruit, and generally speaking, a bad unhealthy tree doesn't produce good fruit. Right, and so generally speaking, Jesus is kind of creating a word picture for us, uh, even here. Then he goes on with true and false disciples, um, narrow and wide. That's another one that tri- people trip up on, right? That yeah, that narrow is the way. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's tricky. Uh, yeah, with the with the good and bad fruit fruit thing, like 
It does not disprove this verse if you are someone who knows Jesus and sometimes does bad things. And it does not disprove this verse if you have a non-Christian friend who does good things. You know, that's not the thing. But the narrow the narrow thing, um, it, it bugs people because um, in large part because of Jesus saying, I, I'm here to save the world. We want to say this is a, a, a generous God who's inviting everybody in. And so when it sounds like it's, narrow, um, our culture, uh, having learned a broad love from Jesus and then forgetting Jesus, now says, if it's narrow and you tell anybody that they don't have the way, that sounds really awful. It sounds really unloving to do that. Um, I, I like to think of it this way. There is something narrow about playing a song in tune, right? Like you, you just uh, like a half step away from the right note sounds really, really awful. But when you hit the right note, it's not this ugly, narrow thing like, oh, no, it's so narrow. It's like, no, that's, that's, it rings out clear and true and beautifully. And there, there's, something, there's something really amazing about actually finding the right way when there are so many ways for that to go wrong. Um, I, I also think um, there's something to be said for uh, the truth about Jesus is narrow, and yet the, the grace that he shows through that. It's, he's not saying only a few elite people can come to me. He's saying anybody can come, but they got to come through me but I'm here for anybody. And so there's a, it's kind of an illusion that it's a, 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 an unloving, restrictive kind of thing. Yeah, I, another analogy in my head is, uh, it's probably timely because right now lots of people are getting the COVID vaccine, right? And there are only, what, three, three or four companies that have produced viable vaccines. Is that right? So you have the one out of, out of England, Europe, and then the, anyway, I can't remember all the companies. But <laughs> I think there's four, I think there's yeah. four, right? That people are getting injected in their bodies. What if you said, I'm not going to get the vaccine because that's just so narrow. Really, there's only four options. Like I should be able to inject anything I want into my body and it should be able to cure COVID. Like it doesn't even make any sense, right? Everything about life, when, when it comes to a choice, which is what Jesus is saying, I, Jesus is teaching us the ways of God and the ways of eternal life. And he's saying, now I know you have a choice to make. But I want to remind you, like, this is the choice. Like, it's not like pick whatever path you want, do whatever you want, and somehow uh, you're just going to magically end up uh, in eternal life or living your life the way God intended it to be lived. You have a choice to make. Choices are always narrow. Yeah. All right, let's keep going with observations. Anything else you guys see in this text? Um, I I, I see at the very end, um, there's this interesting reaction to Jesus when he's done. And the crowds are amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. And I, you know, I kind of wonder kind of what they experienced that they felt like this, this is what's different. But it is interesting that the distinction they made was, this feels like a guy who has authority. Like, it kind of reinforces that choice idea of he's saying things. And if someone with authority says, here's what you need to do, your reaction to that has consequences. It's not someone saying, hey, I've got some good advice and you might take it or leave it or figure out what you think. It's, it's like, no, he's, he's like Moses coming down the mountain or God at the top of the mountain saying, here's the way, make your choice. Yeah, this isn't Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz stuff. This it, is the real deal. Isn't it interesting though, like the, the choice of words here, like the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he, he, like he taught them. Like when some people like, you know, these days, they hear this kind of teaching, they go, well, who does he think he is? Like, yeah. Why do I have to do that that way? And to where these people were like, 
you know, it gives off that reading like, wow, like, that's amazing, you know? It's just completely different. And I'm sure there are probably some people in that crowd that was like, who does he think he is? Well, Jesus even assumes that not everybody is going to put into practice right. what, what he said. So obviously there are people in that crowd that are dismissive. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think what it's pointing out is there's something distinctly different about Jesus as opposed to just any other person mm-hmm. who was teaching the, the Jewish yeah. law. Uh, I think it still happens today. I, I think, you know, when, when, the, when you read in the scriptures uh, verses like... Uh, uh, the word of God is living and active, sharp, sharper than any double-edged sword, right? Able to penetrate and even divide soul and spirit, or uh, verses like God's word uh, accomplishes what it's set forth to do, right? There's something living about God speaking, and the Bible is the inspired word of God. So if if it is, in fact, God speaking to humanity through the Bible, you would expect that that same authority, uh, that same power of the Spirit... Uh, that these crowds were acknowledging in Jesus still happens when people are reading the Bible. And I know lots of people who read a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and were amazed at the teaching and acknowledged Jesus for who he is, um, because it's not just a book. You know, that's why people say, uh, whenever you're reading the Bible, the Bible is reading you, or, you know, all all these clever statements are like, every time you read the Bible, the author is right there with you. Uh, what they're saying is this is just this is not just another book. There is there is authority that is recognizable. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's there's something of recognizing the stakes too in this passage. Um, that you know there's a road that leads to destruction and a road that leads to life. Sometimes we we take religious things in our society and we feel we we include it in sort of like our kind of wellness imp- self improvement kind of plan. And it's like take it or leave it if it works for you. If it doesn't, but like the stakes here are destruction or life like it's it's one destination or the other and that 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 kind of uh, raises uh, the the intensity of this choice it's like the biggest choice you're gonna make in your life yeah man let's stop right there with that thought the biggest choice you will make in your life so let's move on to meditation and ask this question and once again meditation is just prayerful pondering prayerful thinking uh, about the bible verses or bible texts that you have just read so we'll take 45 seconds in this podcast to meditate on this thought what nikki just said be the biggest decision you ever make so the question is are you putting the teachings of jesus into practice in your life All right, so we are going to move on to message. Remember, the two M's in the comma method are interchangeable. You could do meditation first and message second, or flip it and try to draw a message out and then meditate about it later. Um, But we did meditation first, so what is a message that we can draw from today's text? To me, I think it goes back to what you had us meditate on, is just 
is being sure that I'm putting uh, Jesus' words, his teachings into practice. And that's, for me, I just jump straight to it and say that's, that's the application too. You know what I mean? It's, it's very clear to me. I'll, put the, I'll say the message is something like this. The choice to do what Jesus says leads to life. That's kind of the positive side of, of the whole thing. But I, I think to say the choice to do what Jesus says leads to life. Yeah, that's good. That's mine, a good one. mine is uh, maybe a hybrid of both of yours, uh, stealing Nikki's thought. Mine is uh, the stakes are high. Yeah. Destruction and life are in play. So then we move on to application. So what? That is the question for application. So what? You, you read your Bible, you, you dig into the context, you, you prayerfully think about it, you draw out a message, and now you're trying to apply it to your life. So what is the application today? I think from a practical standpoint, this is something that we have to take into consideration every moment of every day, right? Like if I'm going, if I'm going to try to live out what Jesus' teachings say, that's fundamentally in every decision I'm going to be making throughout the course of my day. You know what I mean? Like, what would, what would honor Jesus? What would Jesus say about this? What would you say about this conversation I'm about to say, have, or this decision I'm about to make? And I, I think sometimes that it takes time. I mean, even for me right now, I can go through the course of my day and kind of rarely think about that question. You know what I mean? But hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm saying things and I'm doing things that are going to honor God and put Jesus' teachings into practice, but I, I think that's something that we have to kind of develop. Um, it's kind of like a pair of glasses, right? You're looking at the world, you're looking at everything that you do through the lens of what of Jesus' teaching. It's just something we have to develop over time. I think of uh, two things come to mind for application. One, one is is actually kind of right here in doing Bible savvy. It, it's kind of an argument for that a and comma of being really important. Like there, you can read the passage and kind of feel like you understand it, but if you never say, "How am I actually going to respond?" Mm-hmm. You know. And so, so one application is, especially as we're reading through the rest of Matthew and we're hearing the words of Jesus, and He said this about His words, like to really say, "Okay, how how really am I going to respond to this passage, this teaching that I'm just you know each day as we read this." The, the other thing that comes to mind uh, comes from that, that section where it talks about not everybody who says the Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And I, and I think um, the application is to, to worry less about how I'm <laughs> sort of my talk, you know what I mean? There's like that, yeah, I'm doing a good job or whatever, and less even about the, the sort of like showy evidence of like, am I successful? You know, all these, th- you know, these wonderful things that people do. And to really say that the measure of how I'm doing it's not what I say about myself. It's not the success I might be able to show off. It's, am I actually obeying Jesus? Like, am I, am I really following him? That should be the measure of how I'm doing, not these other things. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, my application is going to be to care more about walking the walk than talking the talk, uh, which is a particular particular temptation for people who are professional Christians like <laughs> us that work at churches, right? Uh, we're on stages preaching sermons, and you know, we're in classrooms teaching classes, and we're in podcast studios uh, doing podcasts. There's a lot of talking going on about Christianity. So uh, for me, it's to care more about walking the walk than talking the talk. 
All right. Well, that is good stuff, guys. Uh, thank you for uh, walking us through that. Thanks for listening this week. Uh, we hope that you join us next Monday for another episode. We're going to be looking at another passage from the book of Matthew. In the meantime, if you are not following along with the reading plan, uh, check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and to start reading along. In the meantime, you can also subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at biblesavvy.com. Tell your friends and we'll talk to you next week.